Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. That ambition is something that's so important. And I think, you know, you realise as well, don't you, in um, leadership, that if you can get people behind a purpose, then anything is possible. It's just kind of generating the, the enthusiasm for it. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Bob Andrews. Bob's the CEO of Benenden Health, a not-for-profit mutual society in the UK providing private medical cover. Its membership consists of over 800,000 individuals and employees of corporate schemes provided by them. Bob began his career in the financial sector before moving into insurance and more recently finding his passion for healthcare through his work with Benenden. Bob has been CEO for almost six years and is responsible for the development of strategic objectives, which includes the recent partnerships with Channel 4's Time for a Check-In to get the nation checking in on their health. Bob joins us today to share his insight on his journey and the challenges he's overcome as a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Bob. It's great to have you with us. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. So before we before we get into you and your leadership journey, can you first of all just tell us a little bit about the organisation that you lead, please, and what you're working towards? Yeah, thank you. Uh, so um, the uh, the organisation is a, a company called Benenden Healthcare Society. It's uh, or Benenden Health, um, as you may have seen it um, advertised on TV. Um, the, the Benenden is a um, 118-year-old society uh, formed from um, uh, the post office workers uh, who were suffering from tuberculosis, uh, needing health care. Nothing was provided, so they clubbed together to, to form a mutual um, that uh, then brought a, a hospital and, uh, and provided treatment to their members and for specifically for tuberculosis. Um, over the years, that has m- morphed into other things, and we've ended up now being a full health care provider um, with a hospital that we own in Kent um, and um, 850,000-plus members um, across the country. Um, so we provide um, a, a range of services, including GP 24-7 and physio, uh, mental well-being and social support, and also, very importantly, diagnostics, pretty much any mm-hmm. diagnostic, um, up to a, a financial limit, which is um, just in the process of rising uh, to £2,500. Um, and also we have a range of treatments, um, and those treatments um, include things um, such as cataract uh, procedure, and some uh, so some um, uh, carpal tunnel type type surgery, um, but uh, the important thing is that the the price is only um, twelve pound eighty a month uh, per person per month. So it's incredibly cheap. It's a low. We, we refer to it as the the, the low uh, cost alternative to private medical insurance, um, and um, and yeah. So we cover a whole range of things for a low the lowest possible uh, contribution rate that we can um, afford to, to provide to our members. And we're here for we're here for our members not for profit so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is a part of the reason why we can do that yeah absolutely fantastic and so as an organization in that sort of stage in its life cycle having seen I mean, it's not just the pandemic is it the organization as a whole will have gone through many many challenges but where are you now what's sort of giving you headaches at the moment as a leader of that kind of organization um it's uh i suppose the 
the thing that we recognise, we have a purpose, which is mm-hmm. um, to um, improve the nation's health. That's that's our, our kind of vision, if you like. And, and we recognise that in the scheme of things, we're relatively small and compared to the NHS, obviously, we're very small. Um, but but everything we, we try to do is to support our members and also to add education to the broader population on healthcare matters. Um, and I think that you know, some of the bigger challenges that, that we face specifically is that we are, um, are not that well known and one of our ambitions is to become a household name mm-hmm. uh, so that people do understand that there are alternatives to um, the, 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 the higher price uh, private health insurance uh, mm-hmm. to the NHS and also to other things such as cash plans and we, we kind of sit very very well in that space where we um, we bridge a, a gap in it if you like um, and um, and, and as, as it's one, one of the big things for me is just making sure that we become better known and that's mm-hmm. a big part of our focus but also um, it is how we can help our members and, and how we can live to that promise of improving the nation's health and um, and in the, you know given the, the the challenges that the NHS is is facing given how technology is moving given other pressures with the economy etc um, you know we um, we are, are kind of grappling with a number of, of things to try and um, yeah, grow our business, uh, get better known, and do what we said we'd do. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And that awareness piece, the Channel Four partnership's got to help with that. The Channel Four partnership has been has been fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, time for a check in. It's something which um, matters to all of us, and you know, we we all need to take an active personal interest in our health. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's um, I, I know you know I know lots of people that, that um, you know choose to ignore um symptoms you know and, and it's kind of oh, i'm feeling a bit this or feeling a bit that but you, you you do need to check in you do need to make sure that you're keeping an eye on your health because we what we all know is that prevention is better than cure yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and that's and that's one of the things that will help the nhs as well you know the more we take personal accountability for um maintaining our health yeah. then the uh, the 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 um the better the nation will be health-wise. So, yeah. again, it plays back to our our purpose as well as a society. Yeah. And it's important as well, I think, when we're all so connected in society, it's difficult. everybody's in their own heads, aren't they? Everybody's <laughs> sort of, it's, it's all about what we can consume and what we can think about. It's not necessarily, yeah. you're not necessarily checking in with your physical yeah, that's right. and it's interesting how technology is is uh, improving, it's particularly in the healthcare space. So that, mm-hmm. that in, you know, increasingly you can check in on your health without even having to leave home. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is which is great. Yeah, yeah. Telemedicine's massive, isn't it? It's changing oh, yeah. lots yeah. of different markets. Really. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. And so, can you tell us a little bit about you and your journey then? Because I was having a look through, obviously, your LinkedIn profile and doing a bit of research. Saw a degree in geography. And then yeah. chief exec. How did how did that happen? Was that quite an organic process? Was it by design? How did that happen? I'd li- I'd love to say it was by design. Um, <laughs> no, I I mean I did I did geography um, at university because mm-hmm. I had no idea what I wanted to do, um, okay. and I loved I loved geography, so um, that seemed logical. And, mm-hmm. and it was for me the the degree was about uh, kind of proving a standard. You know, it was it was achieving yeah. something, um, and uh, it was just the next step of personal development. Yeah. Um, but I got lucky, really. Um, I knew that I was pretty good 
working with people. It was something that I enjoy doing. Um, and uh, and I found myself with a firm called Lombard North Central, who mm-hmm. uh, sort of don't really exist as they as they are. They used to be part of NatWest, um, the finance house arm of NatWest. And I, I spent many happy years with, with them, developing my formative years as a sales rep and uh, and then into into various roles, uh, you know, personal assistant to one of the managing directors of, of part of a, a division of Lombard. And um, and then I got my first break as a as a leader. Um, and so I, I was coming to the end of the PA role, and, um, and my boss was kind of like, "Well, what what are you going to do next?" And I was like, well, "I don't really know, but I, I kind of think I'm good with people." So he had a little business, uh, a company called Lombard Bank, which um, he said, "Well, we need someone to run the operations there." So I got into operations, uh, and and we grew that business quite significantly. And it was one of the early um, contact center based organisations, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, starting off with. Uh, um, you know, increasingly, te- the telephone was becoming a big part of how people did business. So, yeah. you know, going back a few years, of course. Um, so, um, so I got um, I, I sort of developed through Lombard. You know, part of mm-hmm. NatWest. I got a bigger role with with NatWest, um, which uh, was running there. What, what is what is now NatWest Private? So it was um, a firm called uh, NatWest Primeline at the time. So it was the NatWest competition to First Direct, um, okay. and. Um, with, with account management on, on the phone. And that was all great experience. Um, in the mix, I then had an opportunity, uh, well, we should say, is I got I got to a point where I was looking for more opportunities. Um, yeah. And um, uh, they, they weren't kind of coming within NatWest at that time because my boss has, you know, recently been appointed and was doing a great job. So, you know, mm-hmm. that was to me. Uh, I went to work for Capital One. Um, who is an American credit card company? Um, mm-hmm. They um, uh, were setting up in Nottingham at the time, so yeah. I sort of uh, uh, got involved with with Capital One. Um, but uh, coincidentally, I, I was living and working in, or living in Yorkshire, I should say, working in Nottingham, and mm-hmm. then expecting a, a child, and it all became a bit. Mm, I've got to make some choices, and yeah. I ended up moving back to Direct Line. So my my kind of career path has been a little bit. Um, forced of um, circumstance and nature but the the underpinning bit I think has always been a focus on uh, wanting to treat others as I want to be treated um, mm-hmm. and uh, recognizing the the power of people and and kind of bringing yeah. them together to deliver um, great customer service so that's been my kind of back backstory and um, so I was with with direct line uh, for, for a number of years had a spell in Germany uh, running operations for um, NatWest in Europe um, which was fascinating because mm. culturally right we're all different and yeah, yeah. You, you know you, you sort of don't really think about it until you step into the moment and you know the the german culture is very different to the dutch to the belgian culture and and and, and to the british culture and you're sort of trying to manage um your way through these different cultures uh mm-hmm. trying to get a, a kind of collective job done and and um, great people really fantastic experience working on the on the mainland europe but um yeah. uh, but that was um that was that was kind of pr- progress and and i suppose uh, along the way um and it doesn't happen to everyone but i got lucky with um the roles i was doing then uh, I was asked to, to, for instance, Direct Line uh, was looking to IPO, so it's part of NatWest coming out of the the, the 2008 mm-hmm. kind of drama, and yeah. um, so NatWest needed to sell it, and so it was IPO'd, um, so uh, initial public offering, mm-hmm. um, and um, 
And I got involved in helping to kind of create that, restructure it, get, get it fit for IPO. But as part of that process, made myself redundant, effectively. You know, I was offered other things, but it was like, oh, no, there is an opportunity for me to go and do something different. And yeah. I ended up moving into mortgages, outsourcing, um, which is something I'd had a flavour of with Direct Line in terms of outsourcing. But this was um, a, a firm called HML, was part of Skipton Building Society. Yeah. And I took on Chief Operating Officer there and, and that was a, 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 um, a really interesting kind of different, different angle on, on life, you know, being the outsourcer um, with, uh, you know, in, in mortgages uh, specifically. Um, that uh, we, we kind of got to a point where we were looking to sell uh, um, HML, so Skipton was, was mm-hmm. our best, um, and uh, worked through a process of getting that with our chief executive at the time, uh, getting that sold to computer share. And um, and then I, I ended up doing some contracting work, which again is a different angle to. Yeah, yeah. You can see my, my kind of career, how did I end up here? It's all a bit like, well, I've, I've kind of done some stuff, but there's, there's been a consistent theme. Yeah. Um, so you make your own luck and you get lucky. Um, yeah, absolutely. probably has happened to me quite a lot, but but underpinning it, I think it's about um, personality and approach, and mm-hmm. work hard, and you you as I say, you're fair to others, and they're fair to you. Opportunities yeah. arise, um, and I I went through a process of, of this contracting with um, uh, UK Asset Resolution. Um, at the time, which was looking to divest their operating structure from the, the asset structure. This was the the old, I think what was lovingly referred to as the bad bank, you know, the merger of Bradford and Bingley and Northern Rock. Um, okay. And um, and that then led me to my first CEO position um, as, as leading a, a mortgage portfolio for an um, a, a American uh, PE. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, and that then led to Benenden, and and that's how that's how I've kind of ended up ended up here. Really, it's uh, a combination of of um, as I say, good luck, good management, and hard work. Um, yeah, along the way, you have to develop yourself, right? So, you, so it doesn't. Of course, uh-huh. you have to look at the the things in your personality traits, the things that you're good at, the things you're not so good at, and how mm-hmm. to kind of bridge gaps along the way. Yeah. And which to focus on, I guess. What to focus on? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's the Steve Jobs says, doesn't he? You can connect the dots looking backwards. Yeah, it makes sense when you look back. It makes sense looking backwards, but when you when you're in the moment, you kind of think, well, what next? You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and and in terms of um, looking back at your career, can you remember? Was there a moment where you sort of said, yes, leadership, this is it. This is what I'm looking for. If I look for another opportunity, it's going to be in that direction. Can you remember the moment that that happened? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Because it was when I was going all the way back to Lombard North Central, um, when I was working for the managing director of Lombard Personal Finance at the time. Oh, gosh, here's a name for you. It doesn't exist anymore. Lombard Tricity Finance um, was the, you know, there was rumblows and, uh, uh-huh. you know, yeah. we, we did the retail credit uh, for a range of, of organisations. And um, anyway, as I say, I was working for this guy and, and it was like, well, what, kind of what next? You've done this for two years. You need to be moving on in your career. Mm-hmm. And, and it was that, well, kind of the thing I really enjoy is people interaction. The thing I've really enjoyed is I, I like having responsibility. I like accountability okay. and I love working with people. So mm-hmm. um, so we he then kind of that's where I ended up as, as this um, kind of head of operations in this yeah. subsidiary called Lombard Bank. It was only about 20 people at the time. It was only you know really small business and as i say we, we grew it over a couple of years to a couple of hundred people mm-hmm. um but it was that that moment where he sat me down and said what do you really want to do i thought well i, I know what i want to do you know if yeah. you could engineer this for me that would be awesome yeah. yeah good for you and here we are 
<laughs> and here we are. That's right. Some years later. Yeah. <laughs> and and so thinking about your leadership career, then is there a is there sort of if there was a blooper reel, are there mistakes that you're happy to share yeah. with us that you've learned a lot from mm. in the past? Uh, oh, do, do you know, um, there's many, isn't there? And um, I think. I, I mean, I, as, as I've said a couple of times, you know, I always try to treat people fairly and, and treat them as they want to be treated. So, you know, but but sometimes your first reaction is not necessarily the right reaction. Okay. Uh, I mean, this is only a small example, right? But when I first started working at Lombard Bank and someone said, what's the what's the policy for Christmas holidays? And I said, well, first come, first served. And all of a sudden there was a queue of people outside my door. It's like, mm, not quite the way to deal with that, was it? Mm-hmm. You know, so... You do you do make mistakes along the way, and then you just have to be prepared to kind of say, "Look, I'm really sorry. That was a that was an error of judgment. You know, I need yeah. I need to rethink this and reshape it." Um, I I mean, I, I suppose in terms of errors, um, I've I have made. Um, I mean, this is no reflection on the organisation concerned, but um, I did at one point jump into a role because I was kind of a little bit flattered by it. Um, and that was working for a firm called Telly West. It was it was away from my kind of you know financial services. It was you mm-hmm. know cable TV, and yeah. Telly West had been struggling or were struggling and did struggle and eventually went um, well. That no longer exist, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was um, a period of time where there was huge pressure on the company that led to huge pressure on the management teams. Um, and and it was a job that I'd, I'd sort of jumped into without thinking because, of, you know, and I wish I hadn't, um, you know, in hindsight. I wish I'd yeah. stayed. I mean, I was at Capital One and I moved there and I, and I wish I'd stayed at Capital One rather than mm-hmm. moving. Um, because I think you should never jump into a role without thinking about whether it's right for you and, and what you what you want to get from it. Um and I and I, I mean, a very early happened for me. I mean, I ended up with Lombard North Central because my good lady wife was very adamant that I was not going to go and work for some fireplace company, which was the alternative. Um, yeah. so there was no career. There's no future. You know, why are you doing it? They've, they've made you an offer. You're looking for jobs. It's the first offer that's come along and you want to accept it. Why are you doing that? And it's like, oh, actually, that's a good point because it isn't yeah. what to do. Yeah. It is the first offer. Um, but there will be others. So back yourself, you know, have confidence yeah. for the right opportunity and go for it. Um, yeah. And that's what I did with Lombard. And I wish I'd done um, rather than going to... to no, no, Telly West was a great experience. And there's another famous saying, isn't there, that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yes. And there is no question that my experience at Telly West made me stronger. Um, but but, I, but it, was, it was an experience which perhaps on balance I, I didn't need. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Amazing. Brilliant. That's really good advice. Really good advice in that. And is your leadership style, is it shaped on, are there influences or advice that someone's given you in the past that has shaped your approach to leadership? Yeah. I, I um, I'm one of, well, going back to my, one of my, my greatest kind of advocates and mentors was my uh, boss back in Lombard North Central. He was um, he's no longer with us, sadly, but a, a gentleman called John Morgan. And he was, um, he was someone who I totally respected and liked. I, I loved his style. He was, you know, uh, when I made a mistake working for him, he didn't shout. He didn't stump the table. And, you know, he, he just kind of looked at me and said, well, look, you know, you've made a mistake. Learn from it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Think, well, yeah, fair, fair, fair dues. I mean, it's one. He, everyone makes mistakes. It's, mm-hmm. it's repeating the same mistakes that is the problem. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so that was, um, so that was, that was a, a, a kind of a pretty awesome moment. And he's someone that, um, 
that I have forever kind of thought about and reflected and said, like, what would what would John do? You know? Yeah. Um, I I think uh, there's always people along the way that you that you meet that that you um, uh, that, that that I know you seem to be able to get something extra from you. You know, sort of seem to be able to just help, whether it's a bit of advice, whether it's a challenge. You know, my current chairman um is uh, i i think amazing you know he's got the great uh, right balance between challenge and support you know mm-hmm. so he knows when i need to be encouraged and when i need to be controlled and yeah. and, and that i i think is a real a real talent um you know and and uh, and it makes a great working environment yeah. and and in the end you know you get the most out of people if you can create the right working environment definitely yeah something special yeah, so sometimes it's about enabling that stretch, isn't it? And knowing, like, helping them to understand that if they do make a mistake, that you are there to support them, so they can bring the challenges to you, and then that's, that's right. That's right. I, I, I mean, I always, I've always felt that a, a problem shared is a problem halved. Um, <laughs> but you need to have confidence uh, and trust in those around you that. They're not going to, you know, if you open up and say, look, I'm really struggling with this and I need some help, that they're mm-hmm. not they're going to throw that back at you and, and sort of undermine you, yeah, uh, yeah. which I have, you know, at times experienced in my career. And you kind of think, well, that wasn't pleasant. You know, I wasn't looking, I wasn't looking to be kind of slated. I was, I was, I was seeking, um, I was seeking guidance and support, uh-huh. not, not criticism. Um, and I, I think as you said, so as long as, as long as when, you know, if, if you can have, yeah, trust. If you can, if you can trust to be open, uh, you will, you know, and you can work with people who will be uh, open in return. I think you can have a yeah. very, a very fulfilling experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned John Morgan previously. Yeah. Are yeah. there other leaders that you particularly admire, or you've taken something from in the past, past or present, famous or otherwise? Yeah. Who stands out? Um, well, there's. As I say, I, I've I've had the pleasure of working working for some some great individuals, mm-hmm. uh, and I've also worked for some individuals who, um, in my mind, weren't great. And you take something from both, don't you? You you sort mm-hmm. of well, I wouldn't. That is not how I would treat someone. So, to one of my personal kind of um, control mechanisms, I you 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 see lots of managers you know uh, i mean you, you only have to watch was it succession and you mm-hmm. see you know angry table thumping individuals yeah. kind of you know dictating terms to people and and i have never ever wanted to be that person you know and mm-hmm. i i would happily walk away from any job that was asking me to be that person because that is not how leaders should be um in the in the in the 21st century you know yeah. um we need to be encouraging and supportive yes straightforward and directional at times um but uh, but it, it's about creating an environment that people feel that they can do the best that they can be um and um and i've as, as i've learned i've learned from some individuals where you'd you'd, you'd say well I, there's no way i don't if i had my time again there's no way i'd work for you you know mm-hmm. your attitude and your approach you don't you never say thank you you never congratulate nothing's ever good enough you know yeah. what kind of what, what's the, what's the point and all they're doing in their heads is trying to drive a higher level of performance when yeah, in reality yeah. they would get the higher level of performance if they just had a different approach yeah so absolutely i think that's something but going back to you know if i was to pick on on some kind of famous individuals i guess um the, the one that stands out for me always is nelson mandela because he mm-hmm. 
you know, just um, the kind of things he did. I mean, the, the classic moment, of course, in the Rugby World Cup in South Africa where he pulls on a, a box shirt um, to present the um, to present the trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that said so much about about him, his style of leadership, um, the bringing people together um, yeah. to um, to support a moment. So, so he's um, he's someone who would be on my list of if ever I could have met him, I would have loved to have met Nelson Mandela. Yeah. But there are there are others who, you know, um, I mean, uh, Richard Branson's always a bit of a um, an interesting uh, role model um, because he's 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 never misses an opportunity to promote his business, um, and clearly, you know, he's he's innovative, he's creative, you know, mm-hmm. um, challenging, but he's he's always kind of there at the, the forefront um, and supporting his business, and I think that's something else which I, you know, I, I believe that th- there's no point doing a role in an organization unless you feel passionately yeah organization and about the brand and what they offer and i definitely do that about benetton health it's um it's one of those brands which i just i i just want everyone to know about because it's so yeah. it's such great value and it's such a an amazing product so it's you can see how how that shapes yeah 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 absolutely it's the purpose of it as well isn't it i think that's, totally. that's what you can really get behind that's your like organization that's like bed for. i mean in, in, indeed i mean it's uh, just that that ambition um is is something that's so important. And I think, you know, you realise as well, don't you, in, in um, leadership, that if you can get people behind a purpose, then yeah. anything is possible. Yeah, you know, it's, just, it's just kind of generating the, the enthusiasm for it. Yeah, absolutely. We do a lot of work with our clients in terms of articulating that that purpose and that value. So yeah. in, in any organisation, there's a reason that that business exists. And it's yeah. about capturing that and articulating it because then you can get your team behind you, you can get your customers behind you. But I think as a leader, it's absolutely paramount that you're you're on board with it. It, it is, and I, and I very much believe in the in the in the kind of the, the pyramid of, of like oh, there's there's a there's the uh, the great um, uh, example of um, why 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 is the cleaner at Cape Canaveral cleaning? Yes. You know, what, what's what's yeah. your job? I'm putting a man on the moon. Uh-huh. If, if everyone can understand the role they're playing and the part that that is playing, then in in achieving. The, mm-hmm. uh, the organisational goals and, and ambitions, um, then again, it, it makes life so much easier, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Transparency of that all through is important. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us. And, and another thing that I'm really always interested in, when I speak with leaders that are leading organisations that are interested in personal development, what kind of things are you consuming, whether they're books, whether they're audio books, whether it's a podcast? What's either influenced you in the past or what's helped you recently? So that that that, that is a great question and something I'm I'm um I maybe I'm a, a little bit weird or or um <laughs> different. I, I I don't read. I don't read books. Okay. Um, partially because I don't really have time for them. Partially mm-hmm. because, um, you know, when it comes to business books, I, I have a I have a library. I mean, I, there's a there's a whole raft of. That's impressive. Uh, uh, yeah, well, much, it's not quite as impressive as yours, but um, but I, I have a whole raft of books um, that are uh, what you might describe as business or management theory, and, mm-hmm. and I bought I, over the years. Uh, people say, "Oh, you should buy this book, or you should buy that book," and you read it, and, and I bought the book and never read it. Okay, and and partially because because um, people have told me what's in it, um, and I thought, well, okay, that makes sense. So why do yeah. I need to read the book? You know, I can I can you know I can deploy the tactics i can understand it it's kind of logical um and uh so i've i've um i've i suppose what what i tend to do is i learn by talking to people i learn by doing Mm -hmm. uh, and i i observe 
Um, and I, I sort of think, oh, well, actually, yeah, that's what what they're doing over there looks really interesting. I'm going to find a bit more about that, and then let's yeah. let's see if it works for us. Um, but I don't. Um, if I'm brutally honest, some people who write books um, don't actually have the credibility to have written the book they've written, um, and that annoys me a little bit because I kind of think, well, you know, you're 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 trying to be doing something good. Yeah, great, fantastic. Well, well done, but. Yeah. But really, um, you know, are you the master of that particular craft, um, yeah. and, uh, and and what can you what can you do? But the one book that I I didn't read, I listened to on podcast, mm-hmm. um, is uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits. Okay, yeah, yeah. My, my one go to book. I mean, he bought out an eighth book, didn't he? Because I, I guess he was running out of cash or something, so he needed the eighth <laughs> bit. But but the Seven Habits um, is just um, the best management kind of construct right so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and just the whole the whole story i mean when you listen to him talking about it, it it's um he, he meanders a little bit but you get the gist of it you know the book yeah. i also find a lot of these management books are a bit difficult to read um you know the writing's a bit too small and there's no pictures you know I, yeah. I yeah. um but um he uh you know obviously he talks about kind of um the the, the win-win you know get, getting understanding in life that that you don't have to always win in order to win yeah 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 sometimes it actually you win by helping others win you win by sharing um Mm -hmm. mutual goals and and getting value from from that um and i think that that concept of i actually don't you know i don't always need to kind of put others down to make me good in fact quite by making Mm -hmm. other people good i become better yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's something which is a kind of really powerful undertone and then you get through, you go through all the other elements of you know you've got to start with the end in mind and do the first things first and yeah. you know you the soul. So exactly it's all of that great yeah. stuff so if there was one if i was going to recommend to it to people the one book to read um, yeah. it would be um stephen covey's seven habits I'd maybe agree with that actually. That that comes off the shelf quite frequently. It's, yeah. one, it's one of those that you can read and reread, can't you? And there's yeah, always yeah, something. It's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, thank you for that. Brilliant. And and so, in terms of advice that you would offer to someone that was looking to follow in your footsteps, and, and potentially, I want to ask about you cultivating that network of people that you can talk to about, you know, as, a, as an alternative to reading. But first of all, what advice would you offer to someone that was looking to follow in your footsteps or that was in a leadership position? Are there any sort of, if I knew then, what I know now? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, there is um, there is always the, if only I knew that, you know, <laughs> if, only, if only I knew. Um, tr- trying to be helpful with the question, which I think is a great question, I would suggest that, you know, sometimes if you step into a new role, particularly senior role, particularly chief executive role, there is a degree of pressure on you to um, make your mark. Yeah, to you know, you've you've got this new job, and it's like I've got to I've got to be seen to change things. Because, yeah, yeah. You know, and I and I would say, um, don't be forced into doing things that don't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so take a moment to just look and understand. Now I get that sometimes people go into, into businesses which are failing and they need to take urgent action. I, I yeah, get it's a learning platform. But, but if you specifically were sort of saying, you know, to my, to my successor, what would you do? Um, I would say, don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, mm-hmm. don't, don't just come and say, I've got to make a mark. 
have a have a look at what's brilliant. There will be some things that aren't, right? Because, you know, I've been there five years at Benenton Health. There'll be things I have a blind spot to because, mm-hmm. because I've grown up with it, if you like. And yeah, someone yeah. coming in new is going to see those things and think, well, we could maybe change that. But always think through the consequences because just because you think pulling lever A over here is going to make a positive difference. Well, if you pull that lever and you don't have a counter lever, you might find that you destroy something that is really valuable. So so caution, Um, don't jump in with both feet is what I'd say. Really good advice. I've got an estate agent friend once said to me something similar but related. Um, Once you move, as soon as you move into a house, don't knock the don't knock the walls down straight away look in the space and see how it all works no it's totally brilliant brilliant analogy yeah absolutely Mm. you you totally you live in it for you know for a a period of time now that period of time might depend on how long your board are prepared to give you yeah but but i i think if you're going into a new role i think it's something to negotiate you say look i'm not going to do anything for six months or Mm. or yeah you know i'm not gonna don't 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 put me under pressure to give you a new strategy inside the next X, X weeks because that's not going to happen. You know, live in it and learn and experience and, and make some judgments about about the people, about the products and the brand, and uh, and then decide what you think you want to do that's going to move it forwards. Yeah. 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 You've got to learn your levers, haven't you, before you start? Yeah, totally. Yeah, which one's cool. It's good advice. Thank you for that. And so, so back to the network. You mentioned that you don't often read because you've got a network of people that you yeah. listen to, learn from. Is that a network that you've purposefully cultivated, or has that happened by accident? Well, good question. It it's really um, it's really been cultivated over over years, but not on purpose. You know, it's, okay. I, I I suppose there's another view that um, you you. You always are careful when you leave an organisation. You you want to leave as a good leader, right? You want to mm-hmm. you want to be able to walk out with your head held high and go, well, I, I gave them best shot. You know, something else they've gone in that direction. I want to go in this direction. Let's yeah. let's shake hands, um, and maintain relationships. And and over time, I've I've built some very strong relationships and some good friends who have gone on their own careers and they've done other other things. Um, and and they're, they're they're people they're networks that you can you can pick up the phone to and, and you know completely securely and confidentially you can go like I've I've just hit this issue kind of what would you yeah. do you and me mm-hmm. um, and and to get that that that, that advice um, and they they they're also the people who who don't tell you what you want to hear yes it's important. Know? It's, yeah. it's really important because if you if all they're going to ever do is oh yeah you're right you know why that's what I would do well that's mm-hmm. probably not a being honest and b that's not really challenging is it you're not going to learn yeah. so I um I've I've got different people for different things um, mm-hmm. you know and um and and I know the strengths of some individuals and I know the, the the weaknesses of those individuals so I kind of I know you know if I wanted to talk about a people-related issue. There are people I wouldn't go anywhere near because they don't really get people. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know. That, but that, but if I want, you know, if they were talking about commercial technology, I mean, they're brilliant. You know, kind of you know, get more. So uh-huh. you know, I, I think it's. I think it's. Um, I, I didn't set out to construct a network that did all those things mm-hmm. over time just by by working things through and understanding people and knowing how people react um i've, I've kind of got the the people who i would who i would go to and you meet people on the way some people you completely connect with and, and you kind of well that's that's great i've got a friend for life and someone that i know i can yeah. do with x and then there's other times you meet people who think do you know what you know no offense 
but if we'll ever meet again, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Reason or a season, they say, don't they? People yeah. coming to your yeah. life for a reason or a season. Yeah, Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. And and in terms of what's going to be happening over the next six, nine, twelve months that you can share with us that's exciting within the organization, yeah. what can you tell us about? Well, it's so we we are um we are in a fascinating business in a fascinating uh time um, mm-hmm. because you know you've got all sorts of tailwinds and headwinds. Um the 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 the, the, the challenges in the NHS. I, I want to choose my words carefully because I my, my personal view is that the challenges of the NHS are not born of funding, they're born of structure and support. Um, I think frontline people are amazing. Um, yeah. But I think that there are things that could be changed in the structure and, and, and running of the, the NHS. But accept also that the NHS is massive. You know, it's mm-hmm. almost too big to, to, you know, to get your arms around. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and that's of itself is a challenge. But anyway, moving that to one side, what, what you end up with is extended wait times and people worrying about, am I ever going to get seen on the NHS? And so all of that creates an opportunity for Benenton Health um, because people recognise that there is an element of, I might have to pay for some things myself because mm-hmm. I, could, I don't want to wait for the NHS. And on some things, you'll be waiting a long time on the NHS. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, but but then then you get to the, you know, but I can't really afford full, what I would call full fat PMI, you know, the, mm-hmm. the beauty of this world and vitalities. What I, what I want is something that is, um, bridges a gap, really. So it helps me get a quick diagnosis or it can give me quick advice, you know, the GP yeah. 24-7 service or a bit of physio. Um, and, um, and, and, and and at a price um, that is affordable. And that's where mm-hmm. we're in. So I think the next six months I see um, continuing with the, the, you know, the way we're working with Channel 4, which has been amazing, raising yeah. awareness. I mean, our brand awareness has never been higher. And we are continuing to, to kind of uh, grow. Um, and so growing our organisation, growing the membership of, of our organisation, um, looking at new opportunities that sit outside of our core product. So mm-hmm. as we were talking before about the way that, that medtech is is moving and the opportunities yeah. that, that that creates for us. So there is a lot that we can look at in that in that space. So how do you do a, a home diagnostic for 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 um uh um well for, for diabetes or or for, for um mole checks and you know things there's things mm-hmm. that we don't technology that exists and people doing this kind of stuff. Um mm-hmm. but but looking at how we can um deliver more at lower at a, at, a, at the lowest possible kind of cost to our members mm-hmm. if you like mm-hmm. so adding adding value to the mix of the core product um so i think um those, those are uh, some of the things that are, that are coming up but i think the um the challenge of um the nhs creates also a challenge of demand for us because what you end up with um clearly is is people joining uh, who, um, you know, and, and because the NHS can't see them, our, our demand will, will go up, you know, for, for claims. Yeah. On the one hand, that's a good thing, right, because we're here for our members. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you know, we don't have bottomless, uh, a bottomless pit, so we, we have yeah. to make sure that we, we're kind of balancing what we can offer with, with, with um, demand. Um, but but that's, um, that's a good challenge to have, as I say, because we are here for our members, so we do want to help people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I think that's where, you know, um, helping our product be as affordable as possible for the greatest possible value is mm-hmm. the, the goal. And this is quite an exciting goal as we go on that, that, that growth uh, journey. Is it about accessibility to the market, making the product available to as many people 
as widely yeah. as possible. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, you know, I, I could I could go on, but I mean, we, we, we only booked an hour and you wanted to talk about kind of management styles and so on, but uh, I um, I could talk all day about Benenton Health and how brilliant it is um, and how much it covers and how supportive it is. And, you know, I get some some people, if maybe even listening, listening to this uh, podcast might might go, well, you know, well, but how, how can you do that? You know, is it too good to be true? Um, and and the, the key is understanding what we do do. Um, mm. Because we are not, and would not pretend uh, to um, be um, to be a bupa. You know, we do not try to cover everything. So when it comes to treatments, you know, we have a limited range of treatments, about 200, 250. But we don't do, you know, simplifying it. We don't do head, heart, cancer, and bone replacement. Mm-hmm. You know, a because the NHS is super brilliant at those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. And B because they're also very expensive. Um, mm-hmm. and if you want to keep your contribution rate as low as possible. There's some things you can't do. Um, but we do pretty much cover every diagnostic. If you want to know what's wrong with you, um, and uh, you know, then or if you want to prevent the prevention side of things, which is really important. So, so we do a lot of that um, of that work, and I think it's um, as I say, I think it's totally amazing. And I'd encourage anyone who is thinking about you know um, health health cover to 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 look at Benin's and Health as an option because it's fairly unique in what it does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll put the links in the show notes of the yeah, podcast to anyone listening. It, it wasn't intended to be a sales plug, um, but but I can't help myself because it is such a yeah, great well, organization. I wouldn't expect any less. I wouldn't expect any less. Yeah. And like we said about the leaders of the organization, you've got to be passionate about the, the purpose that you're... Don't you just. Don't you just. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's totally. And I, I think that's right. Interesting. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us, Bob. It's been great to, been great to speak with you. Amy, it's been 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 great. It's a uh, it's a real pleasure. I um, yeah, it's been nice to meet you, and, and yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah. You too.